Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Let, let, 
You have Leland Shogun White because he is a sad and Hollywood actor. I received 10 inboxes prior to us coming on the air that I need to censor myself for this evening because uh uh-uh. He is a high, to quote one of the people, he is a high-powered talent that should not be interviewed in a sluggish, playful way, but with professionalism at its, the way he is used to out in California. I'm reading you verbatim what was sent to me. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say this right here. I only have one boss, that's what I call him, because it is his show and that is out of respect, and that is um, Jonathan Coleman, a.k.a. J, a.k.a. Brothel. Now, then, sometimes everybody has conflicts where they cannot um, be on the show, like what happened with Welcome to the Country. They couldn't, you know, they had conflict going on. We still ran the show. Um, Mr. Leland is not the only person that I've had up here in interviewed that's been high-powered talent. So I'm going to correct the person without saying their name. Everybody who come across this panel and interviewed by me is high-powered talent. When are y'all dumb motherfuckers going to learn that when I say I'm country, I say it for a reason? <laughs> now then, if Mr. White got a problem after the interview, he can talk to Jonathan, and I'll never interview him again. Other than that, I am not phony. I will not downplay the show. I will not downplay my interview status or the way I conduct my interviews for not one dumb motherfucker out there. If you don't like it, don't tune in. But never, ever inbox me again. All right, let's bring on the butterfly, Mr. White. Oh yeah, let's bring the butterfly. And we we can we can only do the show country country style. That's all, oh, we, that's all we know how to do. Man, what's wrong with Negroes? <laughs> um, I'm just saying. <laughs> oh my God, I'm just saying. Ooh. Bring bring on butterfly. Wow. Hey, you talk. Yes. Wow. Hey, girl. I mean, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get up and make me a couple. Yes, I have a hundred dollar Keurig coffee maker. I can't even get up and make my bougie <laughs> coffee. I was laughing so fucking hard at that dumb mess somebody sent me. Oh, uh, what's wrong with y'all? Stop it. Mm. Mm. Oh my god. And I, I thought you were serious. I was about to fuss at you when I got on this call. I was like, she better not. She better not. Uh. Girl, I got yeah. 10 of them. Now, I don't know if these people know Shogun or what the case may be, but I'm worse than in South Central. Don't come messing with me right now, and I'm already ready to give him a nice interview my way. But you, no, no, don't come you give my everybody. Talk stupidness. They look at right, you and send but... them a naked picture. Huh? Yeah. They look at you nothing crazy like that. Come on, man. Don't mess with me. For but real. Just say the thing. Even... Do they even have they even ever listened to the show or yes, that's like heard from it. you? No, no, no. But that's I've never you. Oh, because they have. Don't even realize they insulted everybody else, Adrian. Because you say that yeah. he's the only high power talent I had up here. You've been interviewed up here. 
You don't do no stupid oh. This is what I'm talking about with some right. people having learned. <laughs> right. So they just told you. You were interviewed up here by me. Yes. <laughs> James but you never done. What are they saying about the two of y'all? But what are they saying right. about y'all, though? Oh, right, oh, right. Same. And you yeah, never see, done I an, even an interview. From my issues I was going through. Don't mess with crazy people. And right now, that's where right. I'm at. But I'm trying to hold it all in till <laughs> I'm going to give him this interview that they're dying for me to give Mr. White. So bring on Mr. Leland. Let me make sure I say that throughout the entire interview. Mr. Leland. Bring on Mr. Leland. No. Hold on. Yeah. Not bring on. Bring on Mr. Leland. Wait, how do I? I, yes. I just I don't understand how you said it. What? What? Bring on? I said bring, uh, not not bring, not bring, because that's improper English and the slang they said I use. So out of the English dictionary, it is bring, bring on, Mr. Leland. Okay, I I, I I think I know what you said. <laughs> Let me go ahead. Bring them on, though. <laughs> Leland, show them. Black folks, man, look at the mess you caused. Now I don't know where you at right now, hey. but I'm fit to come to you in a very nasty fashion, okay? Hey. But how you doing, Mr. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And, and let me make something perfectly clear, okay? I'm from the country, too, so I got respect, you know <laughs> Don't change it, Mr. Leland, because it'll make it look like I paid you to agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to you're bullshitting me, right? Nobody sent that to you, right? Oh, no, they did. Oh, no, they did. They didn't tell them all that they have. Oh, yes, yes. You and the other young lady. Um, I can't think of her name right now. The other young lady. Oh, yeah, Barbara's breaking up. Huh? Yeah, Barbara's breaking up. Can you hear me now? That's Can you hear me? Better. That's better. Okay, yeah. The other young lady whose family's in gospel, yeah, I got about ten inboxes about her, but yeah, I got some lengthy ones about you, Mr. Leland. Well, I don't know who these people are. I ain't gonna say no names because it would be. Excuse me, not I ain't. I'm not going to say any names because I don't, you know, want to get that going up here right now. I just said what I had to say about it. Right. Can we now get to the interview? Because this is just straight crazy. Well, yeah. before we get there, I just want to uh, let Leland know this is how we how we do it. Actually, you've uh, you've actually called into the show before, and uh, you've listened to it before, so I know you know how it goes down. Barbara, for, for the people listening, Barbara, the country clean lady, sits our guest in the hot seat. She interviewer interview them all the way up until about nine thirty five, nine forty. Then we'll take your calls. After we take your calls, we take a break at ten. After the break, Adrian Charleston comes back with Butterfly Flow. Then we'll have some general discussion uh, with Leland about, uh, about some other things going on in the community, as well as uh, anything you callers want to talk about, too. And um, and then pretty much that's our show. So, uh, Leland, you ready for this? Yes, sir. All right, let's do it. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm looking at most of your accomplishments here on the Rise Radio, DJ Overload, actor, producer, director, father, Street Note Records. Now, my first question to you, with all these responsibilities, which one of these hats that you wear you like the most? 
I, I, I like being a father, most of all. That's the most important thing in my life, you know. So I'd have to go with the father role. Mm-hmm. Where did the nickname Showbun come from? Where did the nickname Showbun come from? You remember um, Bruce Leroy and showing up? You're joking, right? You're joking. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I used You're to joking, have a right? curl all the way. <laughs> I used to have a curl down to my shoulder, so you know. <laughs> oh my God! No, you yeah, didn't. I, I had the Jerry curl. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so well, they nicknamed you Shogun. Yeah. Wow. Plus, plus I like the Asian culture a lot because um, I really like the like the certain disciplined parts of the culture as far as being disciplined and being able to overcome a lot of things in your life, and I right. like that part. Okay. You still there? I'm still here. I'm waiting for you. Okay. Um, well, you've been one of the few to actually put your college discipline to work for you as a career. Did you ever think that it would take off this far with you using the communications and all you studied in school? Well, one thing that I believe I've always, I don't know, I just have that niche about I want to be successful. And I have 30 years of um, sales in my background as far as before I really got into the music and the acting and everything, I actually um, did 18 years for door-to-door, and I was a sales mm-hmm. trainer and a motivator. Then after that, I got into the car business, and I sold cars for uh, Ford Motor Company seven years. Then I sold car insurance, and I am a licensed real estate salesman. So communicating with people has always been my niche. So that's how, you know, when I got the opportunity, when um, Ford actually shut its doors, I, like, wanted to go back to something I did as a kid, and that was, you know, music and stuff. So I was going to go into um, into TV, but when right. they interviewed for the school, they asked me that I ever think about radio and broadcasting because they said, you got the voice for it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, that's not really what I want. So what had happened was I ended up, trying to class out, and I just fell in love with radio and broadcasting. Okay. Well, on the rise radio, what kind of demographic do you normally reach, and what are the topics that you cover on the show? (laughs) I really, the the demographic, I wouldn't say, is anywhere from blind, crippled, and crazy. You know, I don't, you know, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. to be honest, like, the age group are you talking about or basically the type of people I think the age group would be anywhere from you know 16 and up you know as you know my son um, DJ Den he's 8 mm-hmm. years old he's actually the DJ on the show so you know I always ask him do your friends know about it he's like I don't tell them and everything like that but you know I look at it this way I like to reach the young people that's one of my big goals in life is to be able to reach young people and be a mentor and a, you know, somebody they can look up to because there's a lot of things going on in the world and young people need to have mentors. And, you know, I look at it as as a kid when I grew up, you know, and a lot of, a lot of my history in life wasn't, you know, always the good guy, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so I decided that, you know, I wanted to reach young people. And even though I 
used to work with young people all through my travels and sales, I still had that nightlife that I couldn't get away from me. Of course, you know, saying with the streets and stuff like that, but I found and got myself together through my kids being that strength for me to decide to get my life back together. And my kids is basically the ones that do it. So like I said, I try to reach young people and it really, you know, takes it up to older people too, to let them know that, you know, you got to be there for your kids and help them to structure them. Okay. Well, create nightclubs. Let me ask you this, because I've never heard of a VIP security host. What's the difference from that in a bouncer or an enforcer? Because to be honest with you, like when I um, was interviewed for the job, they said, what was your people skills? Because you're going to deal with clients, and they needed somebody that could talk and have a conversation with them. Most bouncers are people that have, I don't know, chips on their shoulders and stuff like that and don't have people skills. You know what I'm saying? So I got right. people skills. People thing, I, I, that's what I live off of, people skills, because that will get you far in life. Because one thing about it, you'll never run out of people. And if you have skills, you always get paid. And see, and I'm kind of glad that they finally upgraded those jobs, because most of the time that is what you had, just a brute standing out there talking crazy. And I mean, and, yeah. and for the most part, you don't always have the kind of clientele. I mean, I used to work in those clubs. You didn't always have the kind of clientele that came in disrespectful, ignorant. You had a few men that just liked that setting, that atmosphere. You know, they didn't mind right. what they saw, the dancing and stuff. They won't come in there to be all crazy and acting out. So they would prefer that you knew how to talk to them just as if they were sitting in a five-star restaurant. So I'm glad that they've upgraded in some places and made a little bit, you know, made the men a little bit more um, presentable to their clientele. I'm glad of that. Now, speaking of street right. no records, um, name some of the talent that you produce out there and what's it like working with them? Well, I would say let's start from Tiana, which she's a young lady that has pop music. Um, China Man, he's more of a reggaeton or something like that. Then, you know, you got Guns and Ammo, which are out of Chicago. They're more trap. Yep. But I would we had I would say say again. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just want to shout them out. We had them on the show last year. Yeah. Ammo, of course. But I would say that the really the one that's making the impact in this game um, for the label is um, Rhyme Skis. And, you know, he's mm-hmm. the traditional rap style that, you know, I grew up listening to, you know. And, and the thing about it, when I, when I met Ryan Skis, I was like, my wife, told me about him, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever, you know, and she let me hear some of his music, and I was like, oh, it's just like the, the old school days, you know, saying, which is good, but I was like one dimension with my mind thinking about what these people are doing now, as we call um, I, yeah. I don't know what kind of rap it is, so I thought that was the thing that you need, but once right. I met him, and I started conversating with him and getting an understanding, I found out that this gentleman had the skills and the ability to move, move things. You know what I'm saying? Cause you now how, much, how much creative control do they have? I mean, because, you know, most producers um, try to have all the control, and they give you very little creative freedom. And I've, spoke, I've spoken about that with a lot of the guys I've talked to, the artists. How much creative freedom do they have within Street Notes? 
I mean, I'm quite sure you go over it and package it and polish it so that it's presentable to the public um, to be able to be sold. But, I mean, how much creative control do they have on their own? Well, with me and um, Street Notes Records, we give the artist creative control, you know what I'm saying? Because I look at it this way. If the artist really truly believes in it, he's going to push it more than anybody at all. And that artist is the one that's got to really push it as well as the label, but the artist got to be happy with what they're doing. And I think letting them have the control of their creativity is up to them. You know what I'm saying? So I don't put a, you know, barrier. You can't do this. I don't like this. I don't, I, it's not me. I, I, I just can't see it. You know, I'm not trying to crush somebody. It's like if you work hard on something, then somebody tells you, oh, that ain't nothing. That's garbage. You know, that's yeah. going to try to demeanor from that individual. So I'm not in the demeanor in people. No. Now, look, you spoke on your friend being a DJ. I saw that up there. A lot of uh, artists, um, celebrity children um, kind of rush themselves or are pushed into a career that ends up flopping. It's, it's, it's not successful. And your baby is very good at what he does. But, I mean, in the midst of him doing what he wants to do, um, are you still pushing that academic side of him as well? Because, you know, for a lot of young, black, talented children, the parent, you know, mostly push that part of their life, the the entertainment end, they forget about the honing in on on like they you know being, them being people and their education. Where do you stand with that? Do you make okay. sure there is a balance? I'm not quite sure your wife does, but do you make sure there is a balance between each? Well, I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm an old school dad. My wife is probably a little more lenient. I'm old school. Now, mm-hmm. what I mean by old school is, you know, my son. Um, DJ Dan, he also was in um, the show Mistresses on ABC. He was a co-star of that show, so he's been in the acting game, too. Mm-hmm. As well as my Brandon was on um, Hung, which was on um, HBO. And then my son, Leandro, was also in the entertainment business. And right. the thing about it, most of those parents will pull their kids out of the normal school and start getting them tutors. My kids stay mm-hmm. in public and actually still had friends, still did that. I never segregated them from that because that's where okay. some of them messed up at. And the thing about mm-hmm. it, I'm about education. Now, I'll give you an right. example. My oldest daughter, she graduates from Pepperdine this May 21st, you know, with a, a degree, a master's in psychology. Okay. My other daughter that lives in Arizona actually goes to school at Arizona State. Mm-hmm. My oldest son, he works full-time and goes to school. Then right. my 19-year-old that just graduated two years ago, he turned down five scholarships because he told me, Dad, I'm tired of being a wrestler. I want to do my education. So mm-hmm. he's in school right now for forensic science. Okay. My son, Brandon, is a starting running back for Western High School in Anaheim, California. And mm-hmm. basically, schools are looking at him. But like I tell him, school is important. Like today, I went up to his school, and I talked to his counselor to find out how his grades were. Right. Jayden, same way with him. I'm all about you can't do nothing unless you had that education. That's exactly. number one in my book. Exactly. 
And see, and what you're talking about, Hollywood, let's let's get into that right quick. Because I've, I've seen a few shows, and in researching you, um, the background that you've had in Hollywood, I'm, I'm real amazed and proud of um, your career. Seriously. Um, acting in Hollywood, are they really racist, as everybody says? And how bad has the casting couch, I don't know if you're familiar with that, how bad is that guy? Because, I mean, I saw a few shows with some young ladies. Where they had no one to mentor them. We're trying to get ahead, and some of these producers and directors took advantage of these young ladies and, you know, got them in some bad predicaments. And I'm wondering, you know, truly, is Hollywood racist, and how bad has this casting couch gotten? I mean, how far are some of these parents willing to push their children in order to get that, that income, see them dollar signs? Well, you know, I look in my thing as far as, I, I, you know, I talk with a lot of actors that I know are friends, and they already talking about the, the race card and everything like that, you know. But I don't know if I actually see it because, you know, to me, the acting is second such second to me. You know, it's not like that's my lifestyle and I got to make it, got to make it. Because I know some people just got stuck in the head. They got to be this superstar. I like, I've done did some major stuff, worked with some major things. And like, it's, it's just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Because like I said, I, I don't get into all that hype. You know what I'm saying? And you know, you mm-hmm. got some people that their parents, I mean, like, I put it this way. I met Zoe Deschanel. I worked on a movie with her. Mm-hmm. I said, her attitude, I don't like. You know what I'm saying? When you think you're better than other people. Then right. I look at T.I. T.I., man, is the best person I ever met in my life. He's cool, down to earth, and everything. Mm-hmm. You know? And, you know, it's just some people, if they allow that Hollywood bull crap, take over their life, it's going to be mm-hmm. that bad part. But like I said, you know, like they say black Hollywood and all that stuff. And, right. you know, let me say this. What I don't like is there's a lot of people out there that have the ability to help the black race get into the movies mm-hmm. and get into better parts. Mm-hmm. And they're black herself. But they think, I'm not going to help you. That's the bad part about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because they won't help you. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, that's my people. Hey, maybe you can make more black films to make them creative. But the thing about right. it, most black films got to deal with some thug or something like that. You know? Well, let me ask you that's, something. Do you consider yourself black bougie? Black, say it again? Do you consider yourself black bougie? First, tell me if you know what that means. And if you don't, I'll tell you. Yeah, tell me what it means. Black bougie means they're, the kids of this generation have labeled some of y'all celebrities into three sections, the main sections of this country, California, Florida, and New York. If you were poor to middle class to middle class rich and made it to these areas, but you don't reach back or they feel like you don't reach back enough, they consider you black bougie. Do you consider okay. yourself black bougie? I don't. I still don't even understand the definition there because I don't think I'm black bougie. That's for damn sure. I think, you know, I'm just a normal guy. I've never heard that. That's the first time I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. 
I was researching and found some kids that this is what they call celebrity children nowadays. They call you black bougie. The main three demographics that are considered higher end money and black celeb, and that's the truth, is California, Florida, and New York. If you live in any of those three areas, but you've come from somewhere poor like the South or, you know, middle, midi, the middle um, Midwest or middle, middle type towns in those areas, but you um, have made money live in those areas but don't really come back and visit where you come from, those kids have already labeled you black booze. Oh. Well, because you don't, your children aren't allowed to associate with them. You don't reach back with them. So this, they, they label you without knowing you. Uh, exactly. That's why I'm that's asking the, you. Right. That's why I said, yeah, do, oh. you, do you feel like in yourself that you are considered black bougie? Nah, because, you know, like I said, I'm a country boy by heart. I grew up in a city with 5,000 people, and that's where my roots is, and that's why I always will remain, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where my mama is, you know what I'm saying? And I understand the understanding of yes, sir, yes, ma'am, no, sir, no, ma'am, and I keep that in my vocabulary yes, yes. till the day I die. Right. And I don't care. Right now, children nowadays, they don't have that understanding. No. You know, and I no. tell my kids, you know, it's like, some parents have gotten to the point where they let, you know, I've seen kids on set that actually cuss their parents out. Mm-hmm. I mean, they literally cuss their, cuss their parents out. My kids would never open their mouth to do anything like that. So, no, I'm not bougie or nothing like that. I'm a father okay. that will whoop your ass if you get out of line. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's, and that's what we need even still with people having long schedules. There are people who are poor um, black cultures or middle class black cultures where two or three jobs and still can handle their household. I did. Others did as well. And I mean, I don't understand that, you know, you feel like you have to disassociate yourself from doing that just because you make a little money. And I've seen a few stars do that, which I don't think is right. And I mean, and another thing that was being said as far as the black community in Hollywood where family is concerned, and you spoke on that at length with talking about your children, which I saw all of them. And I'm saying as a spouse, as a husband, you know, working at nightclub, working in Hollywood in general, two things. Is infidelity still a big problem like it was with the Bill Cosby incident, but on a lower scale of other men? And with you, are your vows that important? Because you rub elbows out and saw with some of the finest women in the business. Can you be able to keep those vows in line? And is infidelity still a problem out there? Well, it might be a problem for some other people, but, you know, my wife is the reason I am today and the reason why I'm to this level I am. Now, I'm going to share something with you, okay? When I met my wife, I was just now getting back to the streets in life and starting my life over again. And Mm -hmm. that woman there has had my back 100. And let me explain something to you. I have never, ever allowed a woman to handle my finances in my life. My wife controls all finances in my life. And Mm -hmm. that's why I got what I have, and she's there for me. And like I said, there ain't no chicken head, bubble heads, or anything that's got anything Mm -hmm. on her. So like I said, I could be in the doghouse for the rest of my life. I'd still be. That's right, girl. Child. I know that's right. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, because I'm seeing it still that they're saying that it's a big issue, um, especially among the black men. And I'm not understanding that when you already know that a lot of these young girls, and I know you see that too when you're um, interviewing and, you know, um, scripting for different things. I know you see how some of these mothers, which is sad, and I mean I say mother loosely, pushing those children with the looks that they have that they're going to have them for the rest of their life to use those looks to get ahead or to sell themselves basically for a role or, you know, to be noticed in a video or whatever the case may be. And, I mean, where you're concerned, have you ever compromised your morals in order to get a client, to keep a job, or even to get a role yourself? Have you ever had to do that? Put it this way. I've been approached before, mm-hmm. and I've said, you done lost your fucking mind. I will never sell my soul to the devil for some money. And that's mm-hmm. just the way it is. I was I was raised in the church. My grandmother kept me in the church. I went to Bible school on summer vacation when everybody else had summer time and summer trips. I was in church. Mm-hmm. So no, I'm not gonna sell my soul to the devil. Mm-hmm. But you know it's done. And I mean he, 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 that's why I said I know you have rubbed elbows with some of the most finest women in this business. And a lot of men say, well, they can't help themselves. They have to chase the forbidden fruit and make that mistake. But you fail to realize that mistake goes all the way into your family, into your career. And I don't care how many times you sit down with J.N.O., Jimmy Kimball, I don't give a damn who it is, it's going to keep coming up. I mean, you know, how far must you have, you have to deal with that particular sin? So, I mean, and I saw, you know, in researching you, as nice-looking a man as you are yourself, to be able to hold on to that dignity and respect, you know, those vows, it's hard. I know it is. It's hard there in Hollywood, but I'm quite sure them women are throwing themselves at you, and a few other explicators I'm not going to really say I can, but I won't. Throwing themselves at you, I I know it's done. And what makes it so bad, I know, and I don't know how many times it's happened to you, you've had these mothers even throw their children. You know, 17, 18, don't say that, because I know they did. 17, 18-year-old girls throwing them at you because they can sing a little bit, curl a tune, but just because I can carry a tune don't mean I can carry an audience. There's right. a big difference. It, it, your face exactly. can go, but for so long, me looking at how good you is, for me want to hear some, some music out your mouth, you want me to spend 9 to $100 on a seat or 15 to $25 on a tape, you know? Right. So, I mean, I know that it happened. How do you feel about that? Because, I mean, everybody else don't really give me a straight answer. Answer me straight. How do you feel about watching a mammy put the, her child out there like that? So I'm saying a, a number of men may not be respectful like you, but they could be pedophiles like that um, that Africa man and a few other folks that some other young artists have said they run into because their parents have thrown them into these people, into the lion's den. How do you really feel about these women coming to you with these kids like that? I I take it as a total disrespect, and I'm like, first thing I'm thinking about is checking their mama, you know what I'm saying, to, to even think of doing something like that. It's like, you want, you want to give your daughter up for something like this? And like I said, you know, you know, being that I've directed videos and I actually did casting calls for videos, some of the things mm-hmm. that some of these ladies would actually try to get um, on the set, to be in the picture, or to mm-hmm. be in the video, 
absurd, you know what I'm saying? And I just automatically let them know and tell them real quick, you know what I'm saying? You're in the wrong place in the wrong places here, you know? So just go on right. about. See, and I mean, and that's the kind of thing that I'm saying. I, and looking at your children, all of them, from the oldest to the baby, this this generation here, because I, I really don't like them, I'm sorry, because a lot of them are not raised the way they should be, old school, the way we are. Looking through your own kids' eyes in this generation, where do you see them in this modern society? How do you see them fitting in in this modern society? Well, I look at it this way. All my kids... Is they're 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 getting their their advance in life through their education, you know. Mm-hmm. Everything they're obtaining is through education, and you know, even though they have been in the industry and still are in the industry and still go out for auditions, education is number one. Because one thing about mm-hmm. it, Hollywood is not always going to be where you're at. So one thing about mm-hmm. it, you got to go back, just like me. You know, I went back to school and got a degree, you know what I'm saying, because they was closing businesses. So I had to reinvent myself. So right. school was how I invented myself. Mm-hmm. And I see, and if, if there was one thing about Leland, not Shogun, if there was one thing about Leland that you could change, going forward, what would that be in order to make yourself stand out more in all of the careers that you maintain? What's the one thing that you would prefer to change about yourself? To be honest, there's nothing I'd change about myself because I've lived my life the way I've lived it, you know, and the things that happened in my life, that's what, you know, they were supposed to happen, you know what I'm saying, and that's just the way it is. You know, it's just like asking something, what would you change? So if I change one thing, then my kids might not be in that equation. So I can't change anything. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been an awesome interview. Thank you, Jay. Y'all have any questions for him, Butterfly? So oh, yeah. I want to see this before we get to the follow-up questions. Um, I know uh, some of y'all uh, – you know, kind of got out of the queue. So, uh, if you want to, if you want to ask some questions now, um, just give us a call. If you're listening in on the link, give us a call at five one six three eight seven one two one nine and press one. If you're uh, already streaming from your phone, just press one. We'll bring you on. You can uh, ask some follow-up questions yourself. Um, and you know, we're about to take a break at ten. Uh, before we do that, I, I do have some follow-up questions. Uh, you know, uh, you got you got other artists on the uh, on the label too. Uh, you got a, you you just recently signed Birdie, correct? Well, Birdie's in a. Um, Hello. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Hear me. Where's that coming from? Oh, okay. Uh, what, were you, what were you saying? What were you... No, I said Birdie is um, <clears throat> signed to a division of Street Notes Records with Rhyme Scheme. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, you know, that's nice. <laughs> also, he's also vice president of Street Notes Records. 
yeah. You don't talk okay. about that too much. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, as far as Ron Scheme's uh, upcoming album, Rhymageddon, you know, which is available uh, for pre-order, um, and, and definitely, if you want to get a, a get a copy, uh, just email me at thegiantblast at gmail dot com, and I'll give you the information on how you can go ahead and order that Rhymageddon album. Um, now, you know, I had the pleasure of hearing it uh, before it officially uh, was available. Um, right. Well, what is your uh, What is your favorite song off that? Actually, uh, what 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 are two songs off your album that's your favorite? Well. The whole album is my favorite. <laughs> ah, <laughs> but, but I, I would too. say that one of my favorites would be Smash to Go because I actually had something to do with, you know, I told Ryan Skin, you ought to do something different and do something like an EDM track. You know, then I work in Club Create. And the thing about it, how that beat came, is we was actually on this um, site where I could go find beats, and it was like the first beat that we pulled up on that site, and when we heard it, we said, that's got to be it. That's got to be it. So that's one of my favorites. But then another one, of, I say, I think my biggest one, I, man, there's so many. There's so many good songs. I'm I like, damn, the whole CD. But I, the book of rhyme, that one too. Yeah, okay, okay. Now, now, let me ask you, uh, uh, because that whole album is solid. I just want to say that whole Armageddon project is banging. You know, uh, did, did a lot of tracks in Armageddon of Terror Squad, of uh, Fat Joe and Big Punt, late Big Punt's Terror Squad. Um, right. Dope. Uh, I want to ask you, what's the next uh, release for uh, for Street Notes, Street Notes Records? Um, actually, um, we're, we're in the, say, I say in the schedule of getting DJ Den to come out with a single. Ah, okay. Now, so is, is he just going to be shocked? How, how, how's that? Say again. Oh, uh, yeah, is he, is he just going to be scratching or what is he, what is he releasing? No, he actually is going to be rapping. On a song. Ah. <laughs> okay. So, um, we we got the beat for the song and everything already. And um, Rhyme Schemes is also working with him on that and everything like that. So, that's one thing that we're working on, and that will be by DJ Den. Okay. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah. All right, it's coming. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And um, and and what's what's uh, Guns and Ammo been up to these days? Uh, Guns and Ammo, they 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 actually have their own business, so they've been concentrating on that. But um, I talked to them last uh, two days ago, and they got um a new album that basically ready to go into the mixing and mastering stage of the project. So that's what we're working on that. So I don't have a date on that one yet. Okay, okay. Good, good. Oh, now what's your favorite Guns and Ammo song right now? I mean, right now, what are you what are you, what, what are you bumping from Guns and Ammo? 
Well, I haven't been bumping Guns and Ammo lately, you know what I'm saying? I've been bumping Ryan's team, you know, <laughs> Rob again. But Guns and Ammo, um, I got to say, it's the I go to work. Ah, okay, okay. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, Guns and Ammo, yeah, pretty much Street Notes Records, the, the whole label, you guys put out quality material you know, all the time. So, it's just, yeah. you know, I, I know it's pretty hard to you know, ask, answer. <laughs> Thank you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, yeah. Adrian Charleston, where you at? Yes, I'm here. Oh yeah, I want you to fly on in here. Um, yes, oh, I'm yeah, waiting. Yeah. You know, y'all y'all mute me from talking to the second hour, so. Here's the mic. Thank you, Shogun. You know what? I, I've listened to the whole interview, and I'm I'm so disappointed with Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> like, that's not all. I, that's not all I've taken from the interview. But when you said that part, I was just like, no, because <laughs> I like her. I watched this. Well, I used to watch it a lot. Um, New Girl. And I don't, yeah. I don't watch as much like I used to. But when it first came out, I was really into it, and then oh, okay. it kind of, I kind of fell off with it. Oh, okay. It's probably her attitude that did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Leland, uh, uh, Jen uh, inboxed me and said she's listening. Just want to give you a shout out. <laughs> All right, what's up, Jen? <clears throat> yeah. Oh yeah! Shout out to Birdie yeah, too. It, you are, you are shouting out early. All right, Adrian, here's the mic back. Just, you know, just yeah, you you keep cutting me out. I forgot what I was about to say. I don't know. Never mind. Oh, I, I and so you live out in L.A. Yeah, I live in um, Orange County. Okay. okay, I was there um, a couple months ago. I was out in San Diego and I went to L.A. for a day. It's beautiful. I really want to move to the West Coast. So. Yeah, find me a job. Um, <laughs> What's your qualification? What do you do? I I am a psychologist. I am a life coach. I am a poet. <laughs> okay, all right. I, I do a lot, and 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 my son he does music. He does art. He does graphics. You know, the whole family will get up and move. You know, it's not oh, okay. it's not a problem. Well, I- I went to Kent State University for graphic design. That was my first love, art. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's his. He went to um, he graduated from Winston Salem State. Oh, okay. You remember? Um, well, this, I might be telling my age, but they used to have in the TV guy draw Tippy and Zippy. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I did the correspondence course for that. You know, <laughs> and then that's what made me really like art. <laughs> I remember that. See, apparently I'm telling my age, too. And I used to always yeah. want to do it, but I couldn't draw. So, but, yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. We can we can tell our age from time to time. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> People don't know I'm that old. They think I'm younger. <laughs> yeah. Well, it happens, but, you know. I don't, I, I don't worry about that. So that's why I won't age gracefully. Right, exactly. Have, and you have, know how we are. Black black don't crack. 
Right. And I have a secret I have a secret weapon that helps what me is that? I, every first year I crack open a bottle of VSOP Remy Martin and that keeps me uh-huh. living gracefully. It ages me slow. Huh. huh. See, I don't, I don't, I don't drink at all. So I say that water is what keeps me young. <laughs> and there it is. Whatever, whatever keeps you young, use that. <laughs> yes, yes. Good. And and yeah. again, I love, I love the West Coast. I'm an East Coast girl, born and raised. But that little trip to the West Coast has me rethinking my coast. So. Yeah, that's that's what happened to me. I came out here, and. Um, it was like a whole different, because I'm from the country. I come from a city of 5,400 people, and I've never yeah. been outside that. Mm-hmm. When I came to California, my eyes just got big as saucers, and I was like, oh, my goodness, i got to come here. Uh, yeah. Culture shock. <laughs> yeah. But culture it's good shop. for people to to get out and see different things, and they don't realize it. There are people who have not even been outside of their own city. No less their own state to yeah. you know move, yeah, so you got to gotta get people out and uh, yeah, all the other stuff and and I love everything that you're doing and and we'll we'll talk more after the break because you do a lot, so <laughs> yeah, you do have you ever had somebody that lip sing Shogun? again have you ever had somebody ask you to lip sing? To lip sync? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Lip> sync. <laughs> Have you ever had somebody ask you could they lip sync like Millie Vanilli type lip sync? Oh, hell no. I, huh? I, mean, I know you've seen some strange shit. I mean, that is California. I know you've seen some strange shit. Has anybody came to you Millie Vanilli style and asked to lip sync? Ever? No, I swear nobody asked me that because they had to get cussed out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you know most you know most California producers are known to take all the profit from their stars. So you know, your percentile of the takeout is only after they've made a hit song, right? Not before. Okay, yeah, you yeah. said that right kind of slouchy. I mean, that that is my job to be a little bit nosy, just a little bit. I ain't asking for figures per se, cause I mean that house you live in, look, yeah, all right. But I'm just saying though, <laughs> so you you get your, I ain't, I ain't gonna go there about your home. I'm gonna let that slide. Okay. That's how nosy I got. But I'm gonna let it slide about your. I'm gonna say nice house though, nice house. Let me but, um, no, no, no. I'm gonna just say nice house though, but. What I'm asking you is, you know, like I said, you know, they always go back later when they don't make it and blame y'all producers and say you wanted too much money from them. That's why they couldn't well, do anything. See, see, one thing, I've had this house because we own a a business. My wife is a massage therapist, and we own Mikasa Day Spa, which is, you know, a small little spa that, you know, we own and stuff like that, so... That's see we we have more than one business you know and then I know but but that, but that's not what I was I, like I said I mean I researched nicely what what I was asking you about was street notes in general because you know most of y'all producers are always blamed 
when somebody go broke, you always blame when their creative juices are gone. So that's why I'm asking you, do you get your portion of the pie before or after they make a hit record? I don't get nothing. And asking that question before we go to break, do you have some type of monetary plan? Because a lot of producers say that's your business, how you waste your money. I know Jay-Z and a few others have monetary plans. They did have them for, for their artists. Do you have some type of monetary plan they must follow like little children? Because some folks get twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000, and for them that's a lot of money, and go out there and do dumb mess. So I'm saying, do you have some type of monetary plan that, you know, they follow so they're not wasting their money? So for every four or $500 they waste on a pair of shoes or a dental, they put in maybe 100 or $50 away you know, for a rainy day or, you know, when they need it, when the music isn't selling. They hit a dry spot, they're not sitting around crying, what was me on YouTube and blaming you. Nah. The thing about it, I am an open book when it comes to the artist's money, you know what I'm saying? And I really, you know, a lot of stuff I invest, everything I'm doing as far as independently, I do the investing of my money for things. But I always let the artist know, when you want, you know, it's like if you believe in your craft, you invest in your own craft. You know what I'm saying? Don't expect me to be doing all the investing and you don't believe. That's the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Some people think that, you know, it's things like most people think record labels are there to give them money, and that's what they feel that they should be getting these big deals. Like I had one person think that, you know, oh yeah, I got a big fan base, and you know, you should, um, you know, I was almost signed to um, Columbia Records, and they was gonna give me a uh, hundred thousand dollars up front. You know, what I'm saying, I, well, then you dumbass, you should go back to there where they give you a hundred thousand dollars, because mm-hmm. that's not how it's here. Because you know, you gotta invest into yours. Because one thing about it, if I'm gonna invest all my money into somebody that don't have the um, right attitude to grind and everything like that, what's what's the point? So basically I keep it independent where, you know, you make money, we all make money. Right. Okay. Okay, I was just wondering because, I mean, you know, these are things that come up, you know, whether it's done in your face or, you know, done unprofessionally behind you guys' back, it's always yeah. those excuses being used. And, I mean, I know a lot of the producers um, have said, even some of the legendary artists who become producers have said themselves that they, you know, that's not my job to teach you how to manage your money. Once you make it, it's on you. But then a few right. have said they got tired of them falling into the poverty game because they're wasting on the wrong people or being manipulated by the wrong people who are sitting around like takers. So they're trying to get them, you know, money managed their money so that they can be able to, um, have something left behind because they got to realize not all the time are your records going to sell. You know, sometimes it's that drought period and you got to be able to have money coming in to still pay your bills. Right. So I'm just wondering. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, well definitely. We're going to go take a quick break right quick. And um, when we come back, we got some more show. We're going to, uh, you know, get, get more, get even deeper with Leland Shogun White and the label, the artist, and um, Adrian Charleston is uh, going to hit us with a new Butterfly Flow. We're also going to take your calls. Definitely call back in. Uh, you know you know, we take calls after Barbara's interview, but I know some some people may have 
uh, you know, been tuned in for the first time and, and then, you know, couldn't wait. But uh, definitely tune, uh, definitely call back in, 516-387-1219. And uh, we'll play this song from Rhyme Scheme, Island Flame, which is off of Rhyme Again. And, uh, again, you're listening to Blacktopia Presents Roundtable Talk Radio with your host, Father of the Country Queen Lady and Adrian Charleston. All right. He's a lot. Can I take you on a ride? Let 
set you on a riot. Live it up now. Everything turn up, free up now. Live it up. I am in pen heaven. I committed suicide in an inkwell. Poetry breathes life back into my soul. My words are my witnesses, written into existence. My pen leaves most trails of ink. As I write through the lines of this paper, the air filled with smoke, smelling only of my ink vapor. This is Tammy S. Thomas, and you just heard a poem called Ink's Heaven out of my new poetry book, Emotional Soul of a Poetess. And you can buy my book on Amazon.com. Damn, girl. I ain't seen you in a long time. You done lost some weight. That's right, girl. Child, I've been using this new product, Total Life Changes Tea by CurvyButHealthy.com. That's how I lost the weight. Child. Now, wait a minute, girl. So all you're saying I got to do is drink this tea and I can go to the bathroom and piss these calories out of me? Well, not quite. What it does is speed up your metabolism, curb your appetite, and give you the nutrients your body needs so that it can help you shed the pounds. And, girl, you can lose the weight and keep some curves, too. Well, girl, that's exactly what I need. I'm trying to look good in my bikini when I go down to the beach. I'm going to go to curvybutthealthy.com right now and order about 10 cases of that tea. Yes, yes. 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 Order Total Life Changes Tea from curvybutthealthy.com today. Yeah. I'm going to go to CurvyButtHealthy.com and order about 10 cases of that tea. I'm going to go to CurvyButtHealthy.com. I'm going to go to CurvyButtHealthy.com. Yeah, what's up? It's your girl, Linda B. Let me find out you got that big boy TV, but you only get in hospital station. Uh-uh. Let me find out you got that flat screen TV plugged up to a converter box because you too cheap to get cable. Let uh-huh. me find out every week you down at the bootleg man trying to get new movies because you're running out of stuff to watch. Shame on you. I'm here. That's what I do. You want cable? Hit me up. Oh, Bill, no problem. I got you. Cable too high? I got you. Dun, 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 dun. Up. We can do this a few ways. You can either call me. I can call you. 937-287-0736. Or you could go to my website, lindaebrown.acndirect.com. Or we could do a three-way call. What? A three-way call? We could even do a three-way call. Shut the Hit me door. up today, and you can have cable tomorrow. Yeah, I got your back. And remember, with God, all things is possible. Have a good day, world, and I'm out. Greetings, everyone. My name is Nikki Brown, and I am the owner and founder of Circa 2009, a quality, all-natural powder company that meets all of your needs. You can find us online at www.circa2009.com. That's www.circa2009.com. Look forward to seeing you soon. Bye. All right. Welcome back to Blacktopia Presents Roundtable Talk Radio with your host, Bobby the Country Queen Lady, Agent Charles the Butterfly, 
and I'm your moderator and producer, some guy named Jay, like I've always been. And uh, after the commercial break, after the uh, yeah, after after we do all that, um, we bring on Adrian Charleston for Butterfly Flow. And uh, before we do that, I just want to give uh, another shout out to uh, Circa 2009. You know, you can get uh, all natural products, uh, skin care, aromatherapy. Uh, scented oils, all kind of things, uh, body butters, lotions, all that with uh, that that are, that are produced, you know, naturally, no chemicals, uh, none of that harmful stuff putting on you, putting it in your skin in your system. So if you want to go all natural uh, with skincare and hair care products and things like that, toiletries, all that stuff, uh, without putting poison in you, definitely hit up Circa 2009 at circa2009.com and circa9.net. All right. Let me go on ahead and bring on Adrian Charleston. Come on and fly on in here and uh, give us what you got for Butterfly Flow. <laughs> hey, Jay. I'm, I'm I'm more and more shocked at how, you know, short your, your announcements are, are getting. So I'm like, oh, I have time to do this, this, and this. And then you're like, hey, it's time to come on, so I have to get used to being ready right after the commercials, huh? I didn't even say anything. All I said was, hey, <laughs> that's how quick it was. <laughs> I know. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. It's getting quicker and quicker. So, yeah, so I, I'm ready. And from now on, I'll be ready as soon as the commercials go off. But I'm ready. And um, this is uh, Butterfly Flow with Adrian Charleston. And as usual, um well, no, not as usual. Normally I have something prepared and then I change it, <laughs> depending on what we're talking about. But this time I had nothing prepared, and I just decided that I would go with the flow. And lately the common theme between my clients and friends have, um, and the discussions that I've been having has been acceptance, and I think that will be the word for it for tonight. Um it's just about um, being accepted in relationships and how you should be treated and what should be done. I have friends that are, like, spending money. They're like, oh, I spend this, I do this, I do this, and I do this, and they're not getting anything in return. And for that part, first of all, I would like to say relationships are not, you know, I do for you, you do for me. You do things for someone if you want to. You do things for someone out of the kindness of your heart. But... With that said, if you feel that you are only being used for what you can do, for what you can buy, for where you can take someone, then you may need to reevaluate that relationship Once you, if you believe that you are being used. Now, if you are doing these things out of the kindness of your heart, that is up to you. And if you feel that you are liked and loved in spite of those things, then, for all, you know, by all means, carry on. And also, um, if you have to change who you are to be in a relationship. This, sometimes you have to look at that because people shouldn't change you for, you know, change you. Because, you know, people go into relationships and they're like, oh, I like this about you, but I'm going to change all the rest of this. And this goes for men and women because it does happen. So just be mindful if someone is trying to change you and if it's uncomfortable for you, if they're changing you and you feel like, oh, okay, yeah, this is for the better. I should be doing this. I should be moving forward. I should be 
you know, being happier. I should be going these places. I should be. And it makes you feel okay, you know, besides being uncomfortable because people are uncomfortable with change. But if you feel that it is taking you away from you and away from who you are and away from what you stand for, by all means, do not change yourself for anyone to be accepted or to be loved or to be anything because once you change yourself for those reasons, you can never go back because you weren't accepted and loved for being yourself. So you will never be able to find yourself unless and until you get away from those people and quit looking for the love and acceptance acceptance from outside of yourself. So just be sure to be true to who you are at all times and everything else will follow. So that is Butterfly Flow with Adrian Charleston. Thank you. Adrian Charleston, before we uh, bring the guest and uh, Barbara's Country Queen lady back on, yes, sir. Um, you actually have a, a poem in your book, Butterfly Flow, that uh, <laughs> that actually kind of, uh, you know, that that actually talks about this, this actually, uh, you know, this particular butterfly flow you did, this monologue. Um, yes. Butterfly yes. wind. Um, yes. You don't have butterfly it. Uh, in the you wind. have to have it handy with you. Always. I always, have, I always have my book beside me. Sure. Oh, I uh, too. Let me find it. You always have my book beside you too. No, I mean, I mean, today I do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this is, and you know, I talked about this today because I've gone through this, and you know, I've talked to people about this this week. More than one person. It's been quite a few. I've been trying to tell them about. You know, quit spending all of your money, you know, quit, you know, doing this, quit doing that, and make sure this person is for you. But, um, yeah, okay, I'll read right quick. i got to get my poetry voice on. Here we go. Butterfly in the wind, you see me, you want me. You say you love my energy and my free spirit, but once I let you in, the lassos come out. You're trying to put a saddle on the back of this butterfly. To control where she goes and what she does. You say you love the glow that I have, but you want to replace it with a light bulb that only you control the switch. You like my energy, but you want to put it in a jar on a shelf for only you to sip from when needed. Don't you know you can't bottle the wind? You have to go with the flow. If it blows too hard, button up your coat and hold on. As for me, I'm free like the wind, or better yet, a butterfly in the wind going where the wind takes me. The only way to be with me is allow me to be free. Allow me to be me. If I'm happy with myself and my endeavors, I'm happy with the person that supports me in all of my flights. If you are secure in who you are and you can provide a secure homing area for this butterfly to land and rest, who knows, maybe you'll be able to go on a couple of wind rides with me. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Thank you for that. Oh yeah, that uh, that poem really speaks to me. Oh, um, good. Oh yeah, um, Barbara the Country Queen Lady and Leland White, definitely welcome back. Uh, we had some callers popping in and out. Uh, you know, they like <laughs> to they like to call during the break. They like to call during the beginning of the interview, and they also like to call during butterfly flow. But when we say let's take calls, 
<laughs> that, that seems like it happens on, on like a lot of these shows. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you open up the phone line and go. <laughs> we got a lot of people listening though. Um, recording, especially recording me and Bob's inbox. <laughs> uh, and also, if you're inboxing us, feel free to, if you're in the group Blacktopia, or if you're not in Blacktopia and you're in the media blaster, chances are you probably need one of those. Uh, you definitely, you know, you're welcome to post about the show in any of those groups. You know, you can also tag one of us. We're in all two, we're in all, the, all those groups. So uh, if you want to, you know, just join us, get the discussion going. Don't just do it in our inbox and five us. Uh, you know, say something out loud. You know, hey, I like what Leland said on that answer. Or Barbara, damn, she got all up in this business with you. You know that. You know, we want people to see this, so uh, so to generate some more, uh, you know, people getting involved. You know. Oh, yeah, shout out to everybody in the chat room too. Uh, thank you for popping over your uh, comments and things like that. If you have any questions in the chat room, definitely pop it over and we'll read it. Um. So how you doing? Uh, tonight, Leland, you be doing all right? I'm doing good, doing good. Getting ready okay. for um, this trip to New York. Um, we're going to be going to uh, Brooklyn, and we're doing the album release party for Rhymageddon. And then we're going to be going to Canada, doing some things there, some interviews and TV. So. Trying to hold the show. 
Oh no, we know how you get down. We know how you get down. Well, uh, <laughs> we, we 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 still here. We got some questions. We'll we'll, we'll slide them back in there. But uh, hmm. but yeah, I know you're gonna roll up your sleeve and 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 get back to <laughs> what you do. Yes. <laughs> what? No, see now, now see, I don't try to roll up my sleeve to get all in your business, but. I mean, in, in general, for you, as far as this generation, I mean, that that's a focal point. Aside from the fact that I'm, I'm proud of you that you reached back. A lot of parents fail to realize, I mean, I know you don't have time, and a lot of them don't see it useful, but some type of two-year to four-year degree is helpful, especially when you got sons. Um, and even right. for your daughters, they need to see somebody make that major accomplishment because they can't have an excuse where mom and dad, you didn't go to college. Um, I try to make it a point in my household, my husband, um, he's just old school country straight up. He is from the bayou. Might as well say the bayou of Virginia. That's where he's from. He don't, you know, believe in it. He believes in working with his hands. So it's hard to get him to sit in front of a computer without, you know, tying him down or cussing him out. But me, I have two degrees. Um, so it's like no excuse. I don't put him on the wall yet. I will because I got the third one getting ready to graduate in another two years. But Okay. I mean, it's important that they see that example from within the home. It shouldn't have – I mean, I'm I'm glad that we have mentors like yourself and others out there doing that, but they need to see it from within the home that anything's possible. And, yes, you may still end up working at McDonald's and trying to get your way or sales, you know, selling cars like you did, everything else, but that background is what's important. And and I can't stress that enough. When I used to mentor – I stopped for a while – when I used to mentor to the kids, um, I had opposition from the parents themselves, which is why I stopped for a while because I didn't want to have to hurt nobody and go to jail. But, you know, they didn't understand that that education is a foundation that you need. It's the structure that you need because you don't know. There are a lot of older people who have jobs that got them their hands on. But nowadays the corporate world wants you to have some kind of certificate, some kind of degree showing that you understand this beyond a hands-on experience. If you can come into the boardroom or, or at least the manager's office and be able to talk intelligently. Some of them right. are missing that point, and they fail to realize, like I tell the kids, where they be like, well, I'll never get to this place, so-and-so still sitting there. I say anything can happen to anybody at any, at any given point. So when that spot opened up, you want to be prepared, not trying to run to school and find a grant to get you there. You need to already have it so when all you do is say, look, let me go home and get this. Go home, get your degree, and go, I already got mine. So right. whenever you're ready, I can go ahead on and step in. That's how you want to be, always prepared, always. Right. Now, one thing about my grandma with a third-grade education, and she was an Iroquois country Indian from the mountains, okay, one thing about her, she said, preparation, preparation, preparation. Always stay prepared for anything because you don't know what door will open. You're going to close it on your damn self when you're standing there with your drawers down and you're not prepared to step in. Then you get mad <laughs> and have all kind of jealousy because somebody else is prepared and steps into the position. They may not do it right because you know how to do it better, but you hurt yourself by not being prepared. And that's one thing we have, we have failed in getting our children um, mindset on, preparation. I don't, I don't care if you don't see the job right away. It's better that you had a degree under your belt. Right. Then you try to scrap around and find it. 
I mean, how do you feel like that with all your babies going forward? Because, I mean, I know you see it once again. And the kind of jobs that you hold, the careers you're in, I know you see these people with these ill-prepared children, even them with no education, coming at you looking for millions when you only worth marbles. I mean, how do you feel about that? Seriously. Well, I put it this way. I like what you were saying, and I'm going to give you understanding how I taught my kids. Because, like, a lot of people don't know, I actually was a motivational speaker, and I'm a graduate of Del Carnegie Motivational Speaking. And there's five, the five P's. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. That's what I tell my kids. Hmm. Did you get oh, that? Yeah. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. And that's what I tell my kids all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what I do believe that, you know, it's just like you say, there's some parents that um, haven't done it. Put it this way. I set the example for my kids to follow. So, like, put it this way. I was going back to school. I went to Cypress College, got degrees in public speaking and you know, I just stayed in uh, educational, so that way they would see me. Because you got to see the parent is the first example. The parent right. is the person that basically sets the platform for his kids. That's and right. If they don't see you doing anything. What makes you think that they're gonna do? Because the way kids Amen. are nowadays, they're gonna be like, "I ain't you ain't do it, mom. Why ain't you mm-hmm. doing it?" But see, mm-hmm. that's one thing. I set the examples. My kids always see me doing something with education, making myself mm-hmm. better. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's what that's the my that's the way I work at it, you know. And like I said, I gotta say it must be working because all my kids have been in school and went on to seek degrees and stuff. So mm-hmm. like I said, I push it because I do it myself. How are you gonna try right. to tell somebody to do something that you ain't gonna do yourself? Exactly. And I mean, and that's the whole thing that, you know, get me, especially with the older generation who ought to be ashamed of themselves, you, you're supposed to set that main example because you've already been here seasoned years. So you already know the struggle long before we come to the table. And I've had buildings that I cleaned. I have a cleaning company, 18 years with that. Mm-hmm. I, I've had okay. people that I've been at buildings cleaning, and they go, well, she thinks she's better to get the position because she's young and dumb and just came out of college. And I said, well, you old and dumb because you should have went. Now, as many years <laughs> you sitting here, and, you know, and everybody laughs at me because I just say what I think. I own mine, so you can't get rid of me unless you just fire me from the contract. And I don't really give a right. damn, but fast might do it better than me because most of the time they can't. Right. Because I know how to get right. along with the bosses and all those other people. And like I told the one lady, I said, well, you old and dumb because you sat here all these years with the benefits package you got. First thing I'm looking at, and I pulled her package. I said, pull your package out. Because I got one I'm sitting here with the de- at the desk with looking at while you whining and complaining. First thing on this package say they will let you go to school for two years if you succeed seven years of being here successfully. That's how many years you've been in this company. 25. I said, okay, well, what's your excuse? The first seven they gave your ass to go to school for the two years to get you something so you could have been sitting where the young lady's sitting at. Now, you mad at right. then on top of that, she black. You mad at her because she went to school like she supposed to, may not have been in class all the time like she supposed to went, but she graduated with a degree to take this job from you. 
You did right. this to yourself. Well, I had grandchildren. I said, lady, that's excuse. <laughs> I know most of y'all old women, when you wanted to go um, do that two-step, or sit at that bootleg man house, your black ass was one of the first ones sitting there with the liquor bottle ready for your shack. I don't want to hear you. Now, right. all them times you were sitting there or doing the two-step, your ass should have been sitting at that desk doing some quotations. I don't want to hear it. And everybody started laughing at me, but I'm serious because I'm tired of hearing them with the cop out. There's no excuse anywhere. If it's right. an opportunity, that's another thing my granddaddy said with a sixth-grade education, a Blackfoot Indian. If there's an opportunity, take it. Now, the only thing he said don't do, he said take it respectfully in a country right. uh, professional fashion. And that's what I've always done. I see an opportunity, I take it. Now, I don't try to hurt nobody, but if I see it open, I'm going in. I got a family, too. That's right. the way I see it. You know, but a lot of us yeah. want to sit around, and the older ones I'm ashamed of, ashamed, want to sit around right. and complain and whine when you sitting there with the benefits under your dumb ass belt that you never use to push you ahead like the other white constituents and coworkers. You're right. doing that to yourself. Yeah. I mean, I looked at some of these bosses. Some of them are the redneck or the redneck or the dirt redneck. But in their benefit <laughs> package, they had to make it equal. Education was provided, training right. classes. All you had to do is get your lazy ass in there and take advantage of those benefits. But no, right. you want to sit around and cry, the poor Negro, the woe is me. If if everybody, like I said on my other show, if everybody like like George Washington Carver, Charles Douglas, all the other people sat around and did that, we wouldn't have the signal lights, we wouldn't have the first open heart surgery, and we damn sure wouldn't have found the ways to use a peanut. If right. they sat around <laughs> crying and whining, right. you know, so I don't, I don't, I don't get, I don't get them with that. I don't. Right. It's like they fell by the wayside and forgot their place as the matriarchs and the patriarchs of our people. They lost their right. way. They have too. Right now, the young ones, the old ones have too. They're just giving up, threw the hands up, just to say whatever. Right. And right. I don't understand. Exactly. It has our generation, me, you, and others, trying to fill those shoes plus our own shoes plus deal with the future shoes. That's a lot of shoes driving us crazy. We're trying to keep in order. And it's only a few of us trying to do it. It's not all of us. It's only a few of us trying to hold it together. And, I mean, it's just got to get better. We need to get unified quickly. You know know what I got to say to that is let me tell you something. Like I said, I met my wife, right, in 2002. You know, I'm from Ohio. I wanted to go home. I wasn't allowed to go home. So my life, where I'm at now, started with $200 and two kids. So I look at it this way. Anybody that's saying is just coming up with excuses is because they don't have no intestinal fortitude and they just satisfied with nothing. Mm-hmm. And I just made it a point. I had, when I, in 2002, I had two, two boys sent to me. And we was living in a hotel eating top ramen noodles is how we started. And that's mm-hmm. the thing about it. If you have a will, you'll find a way. And that's like right. I said, I don't know. I, I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe I just got a secret weapon. His name is God. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? <laughs> 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 I'm going to just be honest with you. I, that's, that's what I got. I guess, he's, I, you know, I'm highly favored in that game. That's right. You know? So that's my... 
thing on that. Excuse is a well-dressed lie, only there to satisfy the one that makes it. Mhm. Mhm. And I mean, and that's the problem. I mean, we can still we already know that a lot of the issues start within the four walls where most of these children come from. But then too, you guys, like I say, time and time again as well. Where's the village that we used to have? The village that you know, one child messed up, I popped your tail and sent you home, and then your mama finished you off. That was the old mm-hmm. school that we kept some of the kids going. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you know, Paula too busy talking about Patty, and Patty too busy worried about Sally because she laying up with his man. I mean, you know, come on now. You know, we worried about all of that other than getting these kids squared away or keeping them in decent homes. And it's not to say being a business, because I tried that and it don't work. You'll end up getting hurt. But on the outside looking in, if you can get to the children, try to at least get them directed in the right direction, even though they got to go to a hell home. You know, at least on the street, give them that background. Some kind of background. We ain't even doing right. that no more. We'd rather sit around and talk about them than, than, you know, try to make the situation better the best way we can. But we didn't, we didn't become know, yes men. Right. And, you know, I had a situation came with one of my children, you know, and put it this way. I, she, she told me, she's like, um, she said something, and I, I instantly snapped. I said, first of all, let me explain something to you. I'm not your friend. I'm not your close buddy. I'm your damn father. So don't you get it twisted about what I'm doing, okay? And remember that. I'm your father, anything, mm-hmm. and don't ever talk to me like I'm your friend. So I, And that was just recently. So right. No matter how old they get, I'm still going to make sure that they understand the difference. Right, right. And I mean, you have to. I mean, you know. And I mean, another thing I'm I'm wondering because I see this now. It used to be just prominent in the white and other uh, ethnic communities. Now we're starting to get into this crap. Where I mean, I mean, I don't know how Adrian would feel being a licensed psychologist. I mean, I have a degree in psychology, but she's licensed with it. Uh, this thing about personal space and 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 giving them um, some responsibility. Now, now the personal space thing. And, and uh, you know, giving them privacy. You know, I say to hell with that because I'll take your door off the wall. Um, um, you know, um, I, and I've done that. I've done that when, when my children were there. I took, you know, when you got smart and slammed the door, my grandma did the same thing. She took the damn door off the hinges. She would have my granddaddy go do it. So I would have my husband Ben come take the door off the wall. And then you, so there you is, naked in the room, trying to get dressed. And my son used to throw a towel up to try to cover themselves. I'll rip the towel down because I said, I paid for that towel. So they be trying to get in their closet to get dressed, you know, coming out the bathroom, whatever. See, you know, those type things, this is what my grandma did. Those type things right. let you know your place. It's not being a tyrant and, and controlling you, but if you don't set a boundary, so that you right. understand. Now, I'll give you a little safe. So say like this. Say like your child got a problem with you and you let them come and say, look, I don't like the way you talk to me. That that type shit like that. No, I don't mm. fathom that. Now, what I'll do is if I'm that angry and I, and I know I hurt you, I'll wait till I calm myself down and I apologize for hurting you. But I'm still going to beat your ass right. what you did wrong. And I'm going to explain to you I appreciate what you've done. Don't do it no more. That's that. That's right. how you know. That's how I did things, even with kids that weren't mine. That's how I did that. But I don't give right. you that privacy and personal space because it ends up getting out of hand. 
If they right. don't, like you say about your daughter, they don't see that boundary, they're going to walk all over it and assume they're your age when they're not paying the right. bills you pay, nor is nothing coming in their name or a bill collector calling right. in. So, you know, like I told my stepson, when all these things start happening, my brother, with your name coming on the bill that actually you got to pay, you can say what you want at mm-hmm. 18. Other than that, I still see you as a child, and you don't control no flow around here. You right. know, so, I mean, you know, you got to let them understand where their place is. You're not being a tyrant. You're not being one of those controlling persons. There are those out there, I've seen those. But for right. me, it was more of I'm going to let you be a child. That's the problem. You need to be in your own place so that you can grow properly. But I know right. I want to begin to get you in the realm of responsibility, but I want you to understand you're still a child with those responsibilities. Right. You're not a grown right. person. So don't right. step out of that way or I'm going to squash you. See, that's the way <laughs> it should have been because that's the way we were taught as kids. We were taught that yep. way old school. They've gotten yep. away from that, the black community, falling behind the white one, and now we got these disruptive, out-of-control, hard-ass kids that can't nobody do nothing with unless right. they get around a person like me or you and we squash them. Because right. we don't tolerate that type of behavior. But there are very few of us left. Very few. Right. You know, right. and I mean, and that's, that's the sad part about it. If you hosted any uh, sleepovers like I did over the years, I know you saw it. You wonder oh, yeah, what the my, hell going on in folk homes. <laughs> I know one of my, uh, my One of my son's friends came to the house. I don't mind you coming to the house, but you're going to be in my groceries, in my kitchen, you're going to clean. You ain't going to come over mm-hmm. here and just think you're going to lay up in my house and going to eat and ain't going to do nothing. I tell them that. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Who's telling you, you're in my house now. Right, right. And, I mean, and you notice that. No kind of, I mean, you know, sitting there chewing with their mouth wide open. Um, right. One of my stepson's friends, he came over for dinner. First, he didn't even ask. I mean, he just sat right down the table. And, and, and me, see, my kind of mouth, I don't care. And, I and I mean, I kind of <laughs> embarrassed my stepson because my husband called me out when we came upstairs. We eat upstairs in our room. So when we came upstairs, he said, uh, um, little Ben was uh, <laughs> Now, wait a minute, girl. And I said, oh, I did. I said, well, let me go back and correct it so everybody understands. Because what I did was the young man just sat down, got him a plate, and um, started eating. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, what you doing? (laughs) And he was like, well, it's it's dinner time. (laughs) He said, and y'all eating dinner? I said, did you ask me? I mean, did I invite you over for dinner? No, ma'am, no, ma'am. I said, so what gave you the right to sit down, get a plate? I mean, you ain't even get a plastic plate. You got a real plate. I got to wash and set your ass down and start eating. I said, second of all, you know, you messed with my table. I said, I got my table set a certain way. So now you didn't come in here and messed up my decoration and got your feet all on the other chair and all that there. He said, okay, well, I'm sorry. I'll take my feet down. I said, but that ain't even the point. You sitting down there with a plate and you didn't even ask me. Well, little Ben, right. little ben don't own nothing around here. This ain't his house. He is a visitor. His name may be on the lease, but his money ain't going toward it. So, you know what I'm saying? He don't control not a fucking thing up in here, my brother. And he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I said, I'm not, I'm not going to make you get a food back like a start to. I'm going to let you sit there and eat the plate, but let me explain this to you. Don't you ever come in my house and do this again. And I looked at him and I said, I don't care. Your daddy said I embarrassed you. Well, you did. I don't care. Because you know the rules here. There are rules because you 18, I don't give a damn. There are rules here. Right. You don't come in here. That's a disrespect 
in my house. I feel disrespected. So while you and Brian, right. he disrespected me. So now the next time he come in here, he gonna just go straight to my refrigerator, open it, go in it and eat, and they ask me, Miss B, can I get so and so and so? Cause I'm kind of hungry. I went mad, but you don't walk in here like you own out a damn thing. You know, and, that, and that's a problem with a lot of these kids, structure. Right. You know, and they get mad at you for it. They get mad at you when you call them out on it. And like I told him, I said, you visited. Your mama live across the water. When we pack you up, take you where you belong. Because other than that, <laughs> you follow the rules when you come up in here. Right, right. You know, and the young man, he apologized. He said he understood. So the next day when he came back, it was a whole lot better. They went running. He was hungry, and I, I made lunch. And he said, Miss B, can I have a sandwich and something to drink? I said, yes, you can. And, why, and your right. duration while you're here, you can eat something, but put it on a damn plastic plate because you ain't washing no dishes, number one. <laughs> and number two, clean up where you ate at because yesterday when you got up, you left crumbs and everything and your footprint in my chair. Clean up where you sat down. I clean for a living. I'm not going to come home and clean my hand folk too. I get paid right. 60 to $200 an hour. Now, unless you got some of that money I just called out, I suggest you get a rag and get the clean. <laughs> and he, I, I heard that. See, he don't realize I can hear through the floor. So I heard him say, <laughs> I heard him say to um, my stepson, he was like, wow, she's real tough. I ain't never seen a mom like that. And I'm like, you know, it doesn't matter. It's a shame <laughs> you haven't seen no mom like that. But, I mean, that's the way I was raised. You have right. to have that respect. And that's what a lot of our children have lost. Not only right. for us in exactly. general, but out in society, they have no respect for themselves either. Right. Yep. So, what would you agree to say, Jay? Uh, I I I forgot that was like a that was that was a while <laughs> back. Um. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. <laughs> I was enjoying the conversation. <clears throat> oh. But what you think, Adrian? I mean, because you know, as a licensed psychologist, I know y'all feel like we got to be nice to our kids. But some of them, I just feel like putting <laughs> their imprint on the wall. I think people, I think people take it too far when they go into the to the respecting their child and giving their child space. And the, I think it should all be age appropriate. Like people want to give a ten year old, oh no. Let them do this. They're this is they need responsibility. No, no, they can't you know, certain things should be age appropriate and then as they age, depending on your child like everybody knows their child. So if you know your child gonna be out there doing dirt, don't just let them sit around and do whatever. You check on them, you go in their room, you do all those things. But if they good and they haven't given you reason to, to do a room search. And then sometimes even if they haven't given you a reason, still do a room search every now and then just to let them know, you know, this is still my house. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> that might not have been a psychologist speaking. But <laughs> it's all age appropriate, and some people just take it too far with mm-hmm. this autonomy and for children to be able to do this and to do that. They are still children. The The best thing I saw, I watch court shows, as soon as I get home, court shows are on from 5 o'clock till 8 o'clock, and I'm watching mm-hmm. them as long as I'm sitting in the house. Judge Mathis, the the girl was like 19, 20. She was like, oh, me and my mama didn't get along since the age of 12. Um, people were saying we were just alike. And his response was, you're not just alike because you are the child. And I was like, right. man, 
that makes that makes so much sense. And people don't understand that they mm-hmm. are the parents. This mm-hmm. is the child. And I always right. talk about this, that me and my son, our relationship is different now. But when he was a child, all the way up to 17, till we, it, it just switched. It, that's what, right. I mean, you know, he knew what it was. But I was able to allow that switch because I knew who he was and the man that he'd become. And I was okay with that. So mm-hmm. you just have to know when to give, when to not give. But like I said, a lot of people think, you know, about five or six. Oh, they can do it. They no, mm-hmm. don't go through their stuff. No, this is this mm-hmm. child is seven. Stop your mess mm-hmm. and check up and mm-hmm. see what they're doing. They need guidance. They need structure. They need those boundaries because guess what? If you don't give them to them, life will. So yeah, yeah consequences come with everything. So, oh, yeah, yeah. That's, so that's, that's where I am with it. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, now, I don't have any kids that, that I know about uh, yet, but, um, <laughs> but I, I would like to say, uh, I, I, I want to ask you all this question, every single, uh, all three of y'all. Um, what, are, what are your opinions on uh, on homeschooling children? I think it's good. I mean, if, if I was able to, I would have, but... I mean, he went to great public school, went to great HBCU. I mean, you know, <laughs> all of that. So for me, like, if I was able to, if I was able to not work and to do the homeschooling thing, and I've counseled some kids. The only thing with that is um, that I found, because like I said, I've had to counsel some, is the socialization piece. Like some some kids end up not being able to be socialized with other people and knowing how to socialize with their peers yeah. and all that. But I've also yeah. seen some some great homeschooling partnerships where, like, they'll have a couple families that homeschool and they'll get the kids together to do, you know, quote-unquote field trips or outings and things like that. So it's all in how you do it. If you're just going to homeschool and just have that one child, it's probably not as good. But if you get with a homeschool group, to where you're socializing the child with other kids that are being homeschooled or like sometimes they can even play sports too. So depending on how they do it, it can be a good thing because I think it is good. But okay. yes, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Definitely. Before I pass, after, before I pass the mic, I just want to yeah, say that, yeah, I heard that, um, that, you know, when you're homeschooled, it, it is good to, uh, uh, get, you know, get them involved in other activities outside of just the, the teachings that they do at home. <laughs> You know, so they can't have that social experience, and I believe those social experiences may be healthier than actually public school these days. Because public school seems like it, it's very stressful on the children, and, mm-hmm. and plus they shoot and kill at each other, and they're doing that to the teachers. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I, you know, it's like uh, like I this, this one comedian, Colin Quinn, told his joke. He said, uh, you know, I, I wanted to put my school, uh, put my um, kid in in, in, a, in a Catholic school. But but I didn't want to because the the the, uh, the teachers uh, the teachers hit the students. But just, so then I turned around and put them in public school where the students hit the teachers. <laughs> you know what I'm mm. but, yeah, I didn't yeah. point yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think homeschooling is a, uh, is a is a is a good thing, you know, because especially in our community, um, you know, no, no offense to any other races of people that's tuned in and listening. You know, we uh, love everybody, uh, but <laughs> but. Uh, you know, they, they we, our people need to know about our, our stuff. We need to know about our history and not this made-up fake history that they're shoving down our throats. 
you know, chumming down the kids' throats and, 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 and all this stuff like that. So I think a lot of uh, a lot of what's going on, is, they need to learn a lot from us, from their own people, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And not about right. uh, what, what they want us to believe. I'm doing air quotes. Y'all can't see it, though. Let me pass the mic to Leland. Leland, what are your thoughts on this? And then Barbara, uh, well, actually, uh, before we get to you, Barbara, I want to bring a call. A caller is actually called in. So, um, Go ahead. What, what you huh? Oh, yeah. Well, what, I what believe in, oh. well, the same, same thing, you know, as long as they're around other kids, cause that way they can still have that part. Because, like I said, a lot of the kids that I've worked with in Hollywood is some of them are homeschooled. And then I see how they they react and they treat their parents and stuff like that. And that's one reason why I never took my kids out of, you know, public school and let them stay around friends and, you know, sports and everything like that. Because I think that's a very important part of growing up with a kid is being around friends and sports and everything. So it like it really depends on the circumstances. Yeah. 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 Like I said, there, there are programs and things that, you know, for homeschool children that they can't get involved in with the sports and the be, you know, mingling with the other kids and things like that. But, uh, but yeah, I guess it's all in how you how you do it, you know. Um, because shoot, yeah, you can you said that these days you can put a a kid in a, in, a, in in public school and they still come out socially messed up. <laughs> they have been around yeah. a bunch of other dysfunctional, messed up people, you know, and their kids. <laughs> right. But yeah, but it, it's uh, I guess a right or wrong way to live life. Uh, let me go ahead and bring on this call, and then we'll get to you, Bob, the country clean lady. Uh, caller in the three two three five six eight. You're on the air. Who is this? What's up, nigga? You want to talk some shit? No. <laughs> <laughs> what up, man? This Roski. I'm calling yeah. Shogun, yeah. and it's craziness. What up? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was there for the whole interview. I I was there for the whole interview. I was actually at the studio with Shogun when he did the first half, and I tried to get home real fast. Phone down in the princess. So now I caught y'all now. Oh, yeah. Good, good. Uh, good. Yeah, man. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, man. What y'all talking about that homeschooling, man? I mean, that's, that's a 50-50, man. Cause I, I know they say the social aspect, but then I also heard the part about, uh, you know, they have the, the – homeschooling social groups. I actually know a few people who actually were involved like that. They'll set up field trips. They'll have uh, play gatherings and things of that nature. I mean, I, I, it all depends on the qualification of the parents and the type of surroundings they, they put their kids in because a lot of times you can kind of control the curriculum and and um, teach your kids things they really need to know to survive. You know, basically they need to know to survive opposed to some bunch of random stuff just to, you know, fill up an eight-hour day. So, I don't know. It's a fifty fifty depends on how it's done. That's my that's my answer on that. All right. So uh you wanna um well since you're on too, you wanna well yeah, I I agree with you. I guess hey so there's no right or wrong way to do it. Um, you know, you can be uh you can be in the public school, uh uh you know, I yeah, I am assuming all of us here were were public school in the public school system, uh so was I. Uh, so you you can survive it, you know. You don't have to go there and get shot, you know, like kids these days. But well, uh, well, let me, let me tell you something though, because I mean, shit, it was crazy. Because in Detroit, where I came from, man, I remember the first day of high school, somebody got shot right in the hallway, 
on my way to French class. And I'm like, damn, like I'm you know, you you fourteen, you young, you first time in high school, everybody's six feet nine and you like four eleven and then <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you like in the first school day of school somebody got shot. So I mean then also, you know, in certain communities, man, like it can mess your head or your self esteem up, you know, because first of all, if you grow up in a poor neighborhood, I don't expect you to have like a Gucci belt on and five hundred dollar pair of Jordans on, but it's the pressures that some of these kids put you under to keep up with the Joneses and all that type of stuff growing up, or you ain't one of the cool kids because you ain't rocking this, you ain't rocking that. So that can mess your head up too, you know what I'm saying? So it ain't, just, it ain't about just the curriculum. It's about, like, the, the social pressures that they put on you in public school, you know, opposed to being at home and, you know, being your mind being guided another way not to think about materialism and all that type of stuff. So, I mean, it's, man, that's a, that's a ever, uh, I guess a never-ending discussion. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's a different way that we can flip that. Um, Barbara, what now? What are your opinion on that? I agree with what everybody said. I mean, they have what they call is the um, at home league. They deal with the um, homeschool kids. Uh, they have their own league, their own organization that they report to. That the curriculum comes from. You have to qualify. So if you don't have any type of teaching background or certificate or have graduated high school at least, they will not let you run it because the children's grades have to be accounted for and go toward college. Um, they also have K-12 that um, the airs on TV, they run their commercials. That's the same kind of program. You can do it yourself, but you have to qualify. And your children have to participate in the annual events that they have, like the 4K run. They have um, boxing events. And then take them on major field trips, stuff like that, and they go to church. For the main thing, some of the Christian-based ones, um, for the taking out of the Pledge of Allegiance out of the schools, prayer out of the schools, they want these things incorporated. But like everybody said, it's, it's all in how you um, put it all together when you present it to the children. As long as they're in, in the group with their peers, they'll be okay with it. Now, they're little teeny kids. Being alone for a little while will be okay, but eventually you had to start incorporating them into society so they'll know how to function. And then you can basically see how they're going to react when they're out there with their peers. So, I mean, it's, it's a good idea because uh, public school has a lot of issues, and you have to be able to keep up with it sincerely. I mean, I know there are parents out there that work two, three jobs, and you can't pay attention, but you better find a way. You now have teachers that are sleeping with the students, that's male or female, getting them pregnant, taking them off campus. These people are married with three, four, to five children. Um, so you got that going on now. So when, when you've lost that bridge between you and society and the streets and the teachers, the last front, when they failed you by becoming one of the predators themselves, you, you have no one. You're basically out there alone. So, I mean, you know, I gather a lot of parents trying to find that safe haven for their children. But, you know, you have to go about it in a, in a kind of way that they're still able to function as children. I think I think a lot of parents are missing that. They're not grown folk because they can wipe their own behind, feed themselves a little bit, and take a bath by themselves. Some of them don't even still do that when they get in the teens. I mean, they're not grown. They still have grown to do. That's why it's called childhood. But folk are passing that over for adulthood and these kids way before their time. And we need to stop that too. Black folk in particular. We need we need to get out of that as well. That's another um crutch 
and another oh, yeah. detriment to our people that we have. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll definitely uh, revisit this topic in the future. Uh, there's all uh, different ways we could uh, uh, go about that. Um, you know, that's, I just felt compelled to, to ask it tonight because uh, we talked about education and children. And so I just mm-hmm. hey, that was a Duffy Tuesday topic that that nobody talked about. So I decided let me see what happens on the air. But uh, but yeah, I want to bring in one more caller right quick. This is the fog hour. You don't get to we don't usually take calls this late in the game. But uh, but we're gonna go ahead and take this call and say your piece right quick, and then we're gonna wrap it up. Caller in the six zero one two eight three on the air. Who is it? Hello, good evening. I'm just listening. I'm a teacher out here in the. Grand state of Mississippi. Can you hear me okay? Got some background noise in the background. Got a uh, yeah, it's very hard. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very hard. It's, it sounds funky. Is, that, is it okay now? Can you hear me a little better? A little bit. It's a little bit. got four minutes. We got to, uh, you know. Uh, all right, well, here's the thing, yeah. real quick. I just want to jump in and say that as a teacher, I'm a public school teacher. I'm a public school high school teacher. And uh, one of the things I just wanted to share real quick is that I'm personally a strong believer in homeschooling only because it takes a really responsible parent to homeschool their children. And one of the things as a teacher that I recognize and my fellow employees recognize is that you have a lot of parents who aren't parents and they send their children to school as if the as if the teachers are the parents, as if we the, t- the teachers have to have to raise their children, and in many instances you just got a whole lot of kids that are depending on teachers to give them the sort of guidance that they should be getting at home. So personally, I think homeschooling has two very important advantages. One, you got responsible parents, hopefully, who are homeschooling their children to guide these children in a proper manner. And two, you can, you have the potential, like I recently saw a story where a young woman, uh, she's graduating from both college and high school at the age of 18. So these are opportunities that are available to black students if we take them. That's all I want to share. Oh, yeah, definitely thank you for sharing that. Uh, I definitely agree with you. Uh, more of our people should definitely look in the homeschool or have some kind of community school within our community uh, so they don't get this poison and all this other stuff in their uh, system, I believe. And I think that's what public school is turning into. It's, it's turning into not really education, but it's, it's, I believe it's turning into a battleground and, and a stressful environment and a cesspool and all this other crap. Uh, but, yeah, definitely, caller, thank you. Um, I'd like to, uh, if you're not a member of the Blacktopia Facebook group, uh, if you can join it, I'd like to, you know, have you on as a, possibly a guest in the future to, uh, you know, talk more about this topic if, if you can. Hello? Thank you very much. I will do so. I was I had my mic on pause. I didn't know if you need me to talk anymore. But I'll definitely look you up. I'm on Facebook right now, so I'll go ahead and look you up. Thank you for the answer. Okay, definitely. Reach out to Jonathan Coleman when you uh, join the Blacktopia Facebook group, Black, Black Utopia Society. Will do. Thanks again. Peace out. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, we we only got uh, only got a 90 seconds left. Leland, is there anything you want to close us out with? 
No, I just, you know, want to say thank you. Um, thanks, Blacktopia. Thanks, the cleaning lady. And if I'm missing anybody, thank you very much. You know, I appreciate y'all having me on and look for big things from Street Notes Records. And, you know, y'all get out and get that Rhymageddon. You know what I'm saying? That's the damn sure. Definitely, definitely. Thank you for thank you for the, the show, Leland. Definitely, y'all go out and get that rhyme theme album, Rhyme Again, and uh, yeah, that that's that that that's our show. Uh, Birdman, is there anything you want to say to me before we y'all go? y'all finish or y'all done? I ain't got no more talking. We ain't got no more talking. Good night. Good night. Good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 